Yeah, thanks, Mike, for giving me the mic. <laughs> I believe there are a number of mics around here, uh, and they're all good. They're good. Yeah, we can. Yeah, we come. We come to check it out, Joe. We just come to be sure that you guys are good. If you're not good, well, we give you the Bible. <laughs> you can sit with that one, <laughs> and we work. We'll work from there. So thank you very much. It's an amazing privilege to be with you guys today. Um, beside being in this beautiful space and place, place to be, uh, I believe it's something of a promised land. Um, for those of you that are here and you live here, it's wonderful. It's, I'm very excited to be here. My wife already introduced herself by pouring out the aroma on Jesus' feet. And I just want to come this morning and get hold of something of your heart. I was so glad for Carl. Uh, for sharing your testimony this morning. Uh, wonderful to see God just step into that place. You know, there's something about the heart of man. And I mean, the heart of man, sometimes we, we, we just say, well, it's that little boom, boom, you know, that little thingy over here. But our life depends on it. Our life depends on it. That little boom, boom stops. And then suddenly there's nothing more. And it's pretty much like that. And I, I, I don't want to make the divide between the spirit and, 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 and the physical heart because they're very similar in nature. And I, I don't know where we got my heart, my heart heart, the heart that God loves actually sits. I don't know. And it's not important to know where it is, but it is important to know that it's his. That's the important part that we know that it is. Do you know? Here's a, uh, a fact. Um, what is the very first organ that is, that is um, developed in a little embryo? The very first organ. Brain, kidneys, lungs. Oh, that's where it starts. The very first part of our lives. So we're going to consider our hearts. I, I titled my message this morning, The Stress ECG. And we have testimony of the stress ECG. Just a tip about it. It's good to go. It's good to have a stress ECG every now and again, I promise you. But I just want to give you a tip. When you get onto that, that treadmill, breathe. <laughs> because the one thing that, I mean, you've you <laughs> got a whole bunch of cables hanging from you, and they're all over, and, but you've got to breathe. You know, and you can't tummy tuck then, you know, the nurse is looking at you and you're trying to like, I can do this, I can do this, don't worry. And then she tips it up and she says, now you're going to go a little faster. Yeah, okay, I'm going to go a little faster. Breathe, just learn to breathe. That's the one tip that I can give you. The other thing is, if you're a guy, all right, <coughs> there used to be a day that they used to shave off the hair on your, on your chest when they put those little stickies all over you to find out where your heart is. They don't do that anymore. They stick it over your head. And then you have the job, <laughs> and you know what I'm going with that one, okay. <laughs> we don't have to, it's painful, it's like worse than anything else. That's the stress part of the ECG. <laughs> I just want you to know that that's how it works and that's how it gets to us. All right, all right, your heart, your heart. Um, how healthy is it? If you were to actually ask the question of yourself today, um, uh, what does your heart look like? Just ask. It's beautiful. You have a beautiful heart. 
to have a good heart, to have a heart that's troubled, that's worried, concerned. Because everything is reflected in our heart. Eh? That's where it comes out. It comes out in our hearts. And that whole thing is uh, very often the, the, the consideration of those things that's distracting from the very thing that God desires from us. As it says in the scripture, and I, I don't know if you guys can just pull that verse up. It's actually ahead of my notes here. So let me just go there. Um, the scripture that speaks of the command that God gives to us. He says in Deuteronomy 6, 5 and verse 8, You will love the Lord your God with all your heart. So how do you measure that? How do you measure that this morning? How do you, as you sit here today, say, I love God with all my heart? What does that mean? What does that mean to you? What does it mean to God? How does God see it when you measure your heart before Him? When you ask the question, so how is my heart? Is my heart happy, joyful, satisfied, full? Or am I struggling? tripping over things that are worrying me, getting involved in things that I shouldn't be involved in, finding myself in a place where I don't really want to be. And God looks upon you today. And it's so beautiful that we experience the presence of the person of God in our midst today. And even now as I speak to you, I sense that God is drawing near to you as individuals, because I want you to know this, that God is not far from you right now. There's a word that says that he is closer to us than the breath of our nostrils, closer to us. And that means like, that's really close. That's really close. But we live past that because we are so distracted by the condition of our heart. We're so distracted by the things that our hearts are encumbered with, the things that are holding us down and keeping us busy and keeping us focused. And they can even be good things, guys. They can be good things. They can become idols in our lives. Even a ministry, a ministry like, like you have, my brother, you, it can get in the way of your love for that one, the one the Holy One that we sang to this morning, the one that desires our heart to worship Him and to honor Him. So we love God with all of our heart. It's the center of our lives. It's our breath, the breath of our lives. It's the being of our lives. It is our only devotion, and God wants it. God wants that. So how long would you stay alive Without food and water, how long? Well, if you approach it scientifically, they say around about 40 days. And after 40 days, it's a good fasting time. I don't know if you've any been down that road, but it's a tough one. But after 40 days, apparently your body begins to eat itself. It begins to live on the very substance of your being, the very substance of your body. So how long can you hold your breath before you become desperate? Now, I mean, you can experiment if you want to, but it sounds like a dumb idea <laughs> <laughs> to hold your breath until you're desperate. 
But there are moments like that, even in God, that we hold our breath so long that we forget what it's like to breathe. Breathe the Lord. Breathe the goodness of God and know and experience His presence in your life. With a heart attack, how long before you die? That's also a bad experiment. Don't press it out. Attend to the things that cause you to die. Can you live except by some miracle? Or do we need resuscitation, mouth to mouth? Uh, what about artificial life support? And sometimes it's like that in the body of Christ. Sometimes it's like that in the church, that we, we live on life support. Life support. I've been here. You know, we're in this place. It's a great place. It's a good place to be. But it's just life support. There's no life, actually. Take away the instrument and it's gone. Your heartbeat is gone. It's a very cute machine. All the little things, all the lights, the little zigzags, whatever. But you take it away and there's nothing. So it's equal in our spirits. As we measure it out in our bodies, so we can measure it in our spirits too. That we can lose something of our heartbeat, something of our breath, something that we starve ourselves on. And how long can you survive without that? How long can you survive without breath? How long can you survive without the presence of God in your life? The distractions, the things, and I know there are things that take our lives. This our lives move very quickly. Our hearts shift very quickly. Sometimes just the weather changes the condition of your heart. Oh, it's a miserable day. And your heart shifts from the place of joyful to... You know what I'm saying, guys? I don't have to lecture you. You're old enough. You've lived long enough to know and understand that our heart shifts easily. Very easy. And we need to watch that. It's not without without meaning that God says, guard your heart, look after it. It is the wellspring of your life. The wellspring of your life. So we have a relentless God that is in fierce pursuit of our hearts. Fierce pursuit. If you've never felt it, then you need to get into that place where you feel the pursuit of God. You feel the pursuit of God that is grabbing after your heart. Because the heart actually is the center of everything. It is. Every capacity, everything in life, every intimacy, every devotion, all passion, all love, all emotion, all treasures can be taken up in our hearts. But it is also the prison of everything. And how often we keep things locked into our hearts that keep us in a prison, but they're in our hearts. And our hearts are not fully devoted to God. Our hearts we are, are, are diff distant from God because of it. It becomes a prison, a place that we hold these things. Our hurts, our sorrows, our unforgiveness, our angers, our hatreds. Our bitterness, our hardness, the rebellions, the fears, the weariness. Prisons of our heart. So, I'm not going to preach long this morning. I'm just feeling that 
you got this. You know what I'm talking about. You're sitting here, some of you maybe have never experienced God in such a way that you think, I can love God. You, you love God religiously. You just say, well, I'll go to church. But you know, there's something about, and I mean, Mike mentioned it to you this morning, but I really felt, I was praying, and I was just saying, God, it's so beautiful in your presence. And God just said this to me, I am in my presence. The presence is not just a feeling that comes over our body and gives us goosebumps. The feeling that we feel, oh, this is so lovely. There's a person in his presence. When he stands here, when you feel his presence, when you smell the fragrance, it's actually his fragrance of the person that you're experiencing. And God is reaching out to each one of you today for that question to be answered. Do you love me with all of your heart? All of your heart. And you can measure it out in your own way. I can't say, well, you and you and you, you love God like, oh, maybe 80%, and you love God like, mm, okay, let's give you a little more and put you up there in 99. And what happened to the one? What happened to the one? Is there something about that? Do we measure it out in percentages? Like, God, I'll give you one day of the week. Or I'll give you this much time in my week in prayer. Where's the intimacy in that? No, I can't, I've got work to do. I've got stuff to do. But God doesn't have to shift out of the equation when stuff has to be done. When your life has to be busy, it doesn't have to mean that God has to be on the side. You can be intimate with your God as you walk with Him and you talk with Him and you learn to know Him and His intimacy with Him. We can't survive without it. We seriously can't. No, this thing is not moving. I'm used to preaching. Oh, there we go. I'm used to preaching with uh, pieces of paper. <laughs> and then I went to Kimberley and spent about three months there just serving the church there. And um, I kind of learned, well, I don't have a printer, so I can't print anything anymore. <laughs> so I had to learn to use my laptop. So now I'm getting used to the idea. I must just get one with a little apple on your window. <laughs> just saying, just saying. I don't even mean anything, but anyway, it's apple. Maybe I must get a banana, something like that. <laughs> of course, it worked well, eh? <laughs> we could try that one and see how it works. David says this in Psalm 139, Search me, O God, and know my heart. And that's what I'm praying this morning, that God will search your heart and know your heart. Search us, Lord. Know my heart. See if there be any wicked way in me. And there's another scripture that I was going to preach on, but I'm not even going to go there this morning in terms of understanding what God really wants to do in your heart. Your Father wants you. Your Father wants you. He wants all of you. And you know how much belongs to him right now. Is he the center of everything? Is he the conquest of everything in your life? Yeah. Anyway, thanks.
Is that okay, Mike? Yeah, no. So I first want to talk to some of you don't, who don't know God the way that I'm talking about it. You're kind of like you've come along here. I said, it's a great place, um, good, good word, um, good song, uh, good worship, good coffee. I guess the coffee's good. Cups are stacked ready for you. Um, but you don't know him. And he doesn't know you. And you know there's an invitation here today, even in that, that God says, I want to know you. But there's only one way that you can know me. And that's if you have Jesus in your life. That you receive Jesus. That you become washed in his love, in his goodness. Set free of the things that bind you and hold you. Open up your heart that you can actually love God with all your heart. That there's no more distractions. That there's no more things that you're running after, but that you are running after Him. So if you're a person like that, maybe you can just close your eyes for a moment. Just that we don't have any distractions apart from my voice. And just listen right now. Is there one here? And all I want you to do is just raise your hand and say, it's me. I want Jesus in my life. I want to be able to love this God that you're talking about, Henry. Because I can tell you this, my friend, I have walked with him a long time. And he's the best of the very best. There's nothing worth more. Nothing worth more than that knowledge that he loves me and I can love him with all my heart. So is there one such person here? Just raise your hand quickly and I'll pray with you. Anyone? All right. If there's none, that's okay. That's okay. But what about us who've been here? You guys, you're so brave to church plant. You're so brave. You're so brave to step out of that place where there's everything going and working. And I just wanted to check in with your heart this morning. How's your heart? How's your heart? You've been going a year, almost a year. Wonderful. It's powerful. God has been doing great things. Surprised to see chairs full of people. Beautiful to see that but how's your heart how's your heart are you measuring your heart out today and saying well it's nearly the end of the year I can taper off a bit my passion can just wane a little bit God's not going to miss it and I know you don't have that talk with, 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 with God just maybe though you need to watch that space you need to watch that space this thing is really not behaving myself. I want to end this thing. Okay. There we go.
We need to own this space, guys. That's really what I want to close with. There's a beautiful story, and I want to close with this story. It's a true story. Um, a pastor of a church, elder of a church, was invited uh, to one of the members in his church to open heart surgery because the surgeon was actually part of their congregation as well. So they said, you can come in and watch and you can observe this whole operation. And the operation was, um, was done. The surgeon worked well, opened up the heart cavity, took the heart out, repaired the heart, put the heart back into its place, closed up the cavity, and then began to massage the heart, massage the heart, get all the instruments working that should work, get the little pedals, and you know the story, put the pedal, turn up the pressure, turn up the power, boom. And the person just laid there, there was no response from the person. And they tried again, turn up the power, again, boom, nothing. And the surgeon walked down to behind uh, the person standing at the head of the person and he knelt down closed to her ear person's ear and said to her I'm your surgeon the, sur the surgery was successful and your heart has been repaired now tell your heart to beat again and immediately her heart began to beat I want to say to you this morning, wherever you are, whatever is the distraction, whatever is taking some of your heart, would you tell your heart to beat again? Tell your heart to beat again. And then live it out to the full. All of me, all my devotion, all my love, all that I have, all that I am for the Lord, for our God, the God that loves me so much that he gave his life for me. Would you just keep your eyes or shut your eyes now? I want to pray with you. Is that okay? While I'm praying, while I'm praying for you,